what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. The off-season sucks. I'm so ready for some motorcycle racing. I cannot wait to get the 2018 racing season started. Last weekend, I went down to Dallas, Texas, which is the Progressive International Motorcycle Show. Got to meet up with a lot of cool people in the industry and see a lot of motorcycles on display. It's a cool motorcycle show, and there's actually a couple of uh, flat track bikes there, so that's pretty cool. Met Jackie Van Ham, who's a fellow motorcycle announcer, and she is a flat track fan for life. In flat track news, Oliver Brindley making a switch from Kawasaki to Yamaha for the 2018 season. Also earlier this week, AFT announced plans for improving the fan experience for their season opener at Daytona International Speedway. We already heard about the changes to the track, making it bigger, better, and faster. Plans unveiled earlier this week outlined improvements to the fan zone, including pit road seating, vintage bike display, stunt shows, and VIP packages for anyone looking to enhance their race experience. As far as the track goes, we'll have to wait and see how the racing unfolds. Yesterday, longtime flat track supporter Vance and Hines announced plans to support the AFT singles class. James the Rocket Rispoli brings Arai Americas and personal sponsor MyDigitalListing.com together to support AFT singles riders. I think it's really cool that James the Rocket is giving back to flat track. My first official flat track event of 2018 is actually two weeks away, February 23rd in Milwaukee for Flat Out Friday. I'm looking forward to that, but some of the other stars of the American Flat Track Series are actually getting some laps in this weekend at the One Moto Show and the One Pro Race going on in Salem, Oregon. It's really cool. This One Moto Show started nine years ago in just an empty warehouse building in Portland, and it's grown to a humongous event. The Moto Show starts tonight at 6 p.m. in Portland with the race going on tomorrow night just down the road a little ways in Salem. Some of the top racers in the country that will be there are Davis Fisher, Chad Coast, T Tanner Dean. Woo, Tanner Dean, that's a fast kid, number 138. Sammy Halbert reported to be there, and maybe, just maybe, Brad Baker might be there. With an event like this, you may see other riders from the West Coast, including Andrew Luker, Kel Kochman, Nick Armstrong, James Monaco, and even our next guest, number 54, the two-time Daytona Short Track winner and rider of the G&G Yamaha FZ07, Mikey Rush. Mikey's one of my favorite guys to stop and talk to during the pit walk, which happens before every Grand National. He's got a great story. He's married. He's got two little girls, and he's a true privateer. Let's hear from Mikey Rush. Hello. Mikey, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Hey, man, I'm great. I'm just living a dream, you know, uh, one day at a time. Uh, I don't have it quite as nice as you. I don't live in California, so uh, it's a little bit cold. Um, what's your weather like out there? It's actually starting to get a little bit chilly on us. We're starting to get a little bit of rain, finally. Uh, it's been kind of a dry uh, dry winter for us, so uh, yeah. it's nice to get a little bit of rain for dirt bike riding and stuff like that. And But otherwise, the weather's pretty nice over here in California. Let's just jump right into it, Mikey. Uh, so people might not know you. Uh, you. You won the Daytona Short Track back in 2007, and then you backed it up in 2013. How did yeah. you, you get started in flat track? Uh, actually, my uh, Uncle Dom, actually all of my uncles got me involved in it. My Uncle, my uncle Dom and Uncle Anthony got me involved in it. And it uh, started when I was about four years old, so it's been a long road for me, and I kind of got addicted, like uh, addicted to it for sure. And then 
my uncle Dom kept it fun for me and uh, never put any pressure on me or anything like that. So and it was always fun every weekend going to the going to the races with him, and uh, just kept it fun for me. And man, I've been doing this for I think 25, 26 years now, and uh, I mean I have a blast doing it. Like I said, it's an addicting sport. So uh, it's I'm a, I love it. I love it to why, death. That's for sure. Why Why is it addicting to you? Is it uh, the family? You know, the camaraderie? Is it the races? Is it you know going? different places all across the United States. I mean, what, why is it so addicting to you? Uh, mainly the people. I mean, the flat track family is awesome, man. There's just, if you go to, I ride quite a bit of motocross and stuff like that and off-road races. And, uh, you go to other places and people are just kind of like, just all about themselves and stuff like that. And, and just the flat track families just, they welcome you like, like no other man you can meet someone that weekend and just they're gonna they'll invite you to your to their house and for christmas dinner or freaking something like that you know it's it's just like there's good people in our sport so that's why i like it so much i think yeah i'd have to agree 100 percent on that you know we were talking about that with some of the other people i've talked to recently and you know people just invite you to the end of their home and and you know share share everything they have just because you race flat track and i think that's something you don't see in, you know, very many other sports or nothing I've been around. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, this past little while you've been riding for G and G racing and it's a Yamaha FZ07. So first off, tell us who G and G racing is. Just a couple of guys from, uh, Southern California. They got it. They got, they've been into it for about, I want to say around five years now. And, uh, LJ is what we call them for a uh, little John, the big John and little John. And they're, uh, a good group of guys. They're really good people. They're, uh, they take care of me tremendously. Um, they put me on some great motorcycles. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, there's just a couple of guys that got into it. Father and son that got into it. Just LJ races himself, uh, down South in Southern California and stuff like that. And, and they had fun with it and, uh, decided to start building a couple, uh, big bikes to put someone on them to go grand national ration and uh they've been helping me out uh a few years before they built the big bikes and stuff like that and uh it just came about they didn't have anybody riding their stuff uh coming into last year and uh they gave me a call to ride their stuff at daytona and it just excelled from there basically we about it was a really short notice for me to to hop on to fc07 um before daytona last year um which we only had a two weeks of testing on the thing and stuff like that but i got on that thing and it was just felt like i was right at home basically it was a really good bike and uh had a lot of fun with these guys these guys are really good people like i said and uh yeah it's it just excelled from there and i I rode almost dang near all all the races last year i I didn't make it to a few of them because i didn't have enough funding to get to them and stuff like that but uh that, that was pretty much my first year going to dang near all the races so i learned a lot for sure riding with those guys and uh I, I'm not a really big miler and on the miles and stuff like that. So I'm still learning on the big bike and, but I learned a lot last year. So I'm looking, really looking forward to this year, going into the year on the same motorcycles I rode all last year for once. And, uh, really going to try to put my head down. I took my training to the next level and trying to train really hard. I, I found out, uh, the big bikes are pretty hard to ride for 25 laps. So it kind of takes a little bit out of you other than a 450. So, I'm kind of trying to put myself in a good position and with the training program and trying to uh, get in better shape and uh, so I can perform for these guys because they they deserve it. They put in a lot of work for me, building these bikes for me. And 
I know I know how much it takes to build bikes and and how much time it takes and stuff like that. So I know they're in the garage quite often trying to put these get these bikes ready for me and stuff like that. So I would really like to do good for them. So is LJ is that is, would would he be considered your mechanic, your tuner? Um, no, they don't really go. To, they don't really go to too many races. They try to make it to as many as they can. So I, I'm I'm still in charge of getting everything to the track and okay and wrenching on wrenching on stuff myself. I mean, I know a lot of riders out there have their own mechanic and stuff like that. I really don't. So I I kind of wrench on everything myself and uh, get to the track myself with I mean with a little bit of help from some buddies, Kel Kolkman. We usually try to travel together and and uh split cost on everything so it's a little cheaper for both of us and uh but yeah it's it's still a it's still a chore for me but i mean i haven't got burnt out yet so i'm having a good time doing it still and i and i i really like to do good and especially when i I do all the work on my own and everything at the track it makes me feel really good about myself when i do do good yeah then you know the it's worth the effort for sure right yeah and i mean this is not a a deal that's just everything comes easy these guys i mean you're racing with the best guys in the world on dirt track, that's for sure, and it's it's uh, it's a chore. Even the even the slower guys are the fast guys, so you got to be on your game when you show up to those races, that's for sure. Well, it's it's you know it's the best riders in the world. We've seen people come over from other countries, and you know some of them stick around for a few years, but then you know if they're not winning, they kind of go back. So I, I think you know we kind of have the best of the best you know on the American Flat Track Tour for sure. So when you can beat those guys, it's saying something and. And you've done that twice already, you know, both of them on the 450 or, you know, the little bikes uh, at Daytona at the short track. So uh, walk us through Daytona 2017. Um, Yeah, the day started out really great for us. Uh, Showed up at the track. I was feeling really good that morning. And uh, just right out of the gate, the bike was good. First practice session out, the bike was really good. We made a couple small adjustments throughout the day. And uh, I don't know, that racetrack kind of suited me. It was just like riding at my local place, uh, Holster Hills, the TT track they have there is kind of like riding there and uh, slippery and kind of a one-liner, but really tight corners and stuff like that. And I, I'm, and the track was kind of technical with the tight corners and uh, the hairpin and all that stuff they had going on. It was, uh, you had to actually, it was, I, I thought it was more of a rider's track. You had to actually ride the bike pretty, pretty hard and uh, be smooth and not make too many mistakes. I found out a couple things with the bike that we we wanted to change and stuff like that, which we are changing and for changing for it this year for sure. So I'm really looking forward to 2018 going to Daytona. I mean, I think we have a a good shot at running up front and doing well. So hopefully we can uh, we can do it. Yeah, I I think you can too. I think you definitely showed that you had speed down there last year. I think the track's going to be a little bit bigger as we saw Chris Carr and Jared Meese. They did a press release not too long ago. We're going to be riding more out there on, you know, pit road and everything. And it might open it up a little bit, but, uh, I still think you have a good shot at it. Um, we talked and you said, you know, 2017 was probably your best season. You went to most of the races. You actually scored points in 10 different main events. Um, is there one race in particular that stands out to you, whether that's good or bad? Um, I really like the Buffalo chip deal, the TT they had there. I know I didn't do the best there, but, um, just that, the atmosphere there and everything, every, they had the whole, all the bars and the crowd all around the track. I thought that was a really cool deal that we go to. So I, I'm really looking forward to that deal in 2018. I, I, I feel in myself, I, I should be able to do pretty good there. It's, it's a pretty technical track and 
I have a lot of off-road riding in my background and motocross riding in my background. So that's all technical stuff. And, uh, so I don't know. I think, I think the TTs and and the smaller short tracks and stuff suit me more. Like I said, I'm still learning on the, on the bigger tracks. Um, Jarrett Meese and all Kenny Coolbeth and all those guys are no joke. Brian Smith on the miles. I mean, they're, they're, those are some real men right there. I, I, you know, so I would like to get up to their speed. I, I mean, I did really good at Springfield Mile and the heat race. I won the I won the heat race at Springfield Mile at the first one, and that was really exciting for me to to win a heat race at the mile. So, like I said, just running up front at the miles, I'm I'm learning a lot. So trying to, and these G and G racing guys, they got me on a good horse. We got some good power out of that SEO seven Yamaha. It's a really good motor. So, I think if I just learn how to draft and learn how to be patient, I think I think we might have a good shot. I just gotta be patient. This guy's, like I said, we're racing with the best in the world. So it's anything can happen. And, and that's pretty hard to do Mikey, because, you know, we can't just go out there and practice on, you know, the Sacramento mile. We can't practice on any miles. I mean, that's unfortunate about our sport. So do you have anybody in the pit area that you can, you know, go talk to say, you know, Kenny Coolbeth or something like that and say, Hey, can you help me out with the draft? Or is it kind of just got to learn as you go? Basically, learn as you go, Kenny. I do talk to Kenny here and there, and he's actually one of the outgoing guys that he doesn't really like to hide nothing. Him and Jake Johnson, I get along with really well, um, and those guys are two of my favorite riders out there. If if I was a fan, those are my favorite riders right there. Kenny Coolbeth and Jake Johnson are really nice guys, off the track, on and off the track, and they really know how to ride. And uh, yeah, just. I, I learned a lot just watching those guys just go around the miles. And if they're, if they're not in my heat race or semi or something like that, I try to run out to the track and watch those guys as much as I can because they know what they're doing. They got a lot of experience, a lot of time, and uh, I don't. So I'm just trying to be a sponge and just absorb all this stuff and trying to do it as quick as I can because I'm, I'm already 30 years old, so I'm kind of running out of time. <laughs> I'm trying to enjoy it. I'm trying to enjoy it while I laugh. I know I know I can't race forever, but uh trying to do good when I am out there, you know, just for myself, for my family, for for my uncles, my uncles that got me involved in it. And just everyone that's been behind me that's never gave up on me. Yeah, that's cool. So looking back, twenty sixteen you only made one main event. So what was the biggest difference between twenty sixteen and then twenty seventeen where you made ten main events? Basically, the guys I ride for, the G and G racing guys, they 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 gave me a chance. I mean, I've had chances here and there to ride a couple bikes, a couple twins and stuff. I mean, that's when our series was singles in twins. Now it's just all twins. So I was searching and searching for something to ride, and uh, this came about, and then I and uh, we got hooked up, and everything panned out, and uh, I finally got on one bike all year long, not jumping on for my whole dang career, I was jumping on different bikes every weekend, like every race trying to jump on a Harley or a Cowie or a Suzuki or something like that. It's just, it's hard to adapt to one bike in one race, you know? So I think last year was a big learning year for me to be on one bike all year long and know what it was going to do every race. Cause I know it was the same bike and everything like that. So I, I think that was the biggest deal for me, basically just being on one bike and working with, you know, the same people all year long and, and, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it, you know, consistency and, and getting to learn, you know, one bike instead of jumping around. I think that does make a lot of sense. 
Um, I know last year at the very end of the season, uh, the G&G team put J.D. Beach on the bike for, for a go, and, and he had a good, strong performance. Did you and J.D. get to talk about things? Did you think that will benefit you in the long run? Yeah, definitely. J.D. was another good guy to really communicate with and talk to a really outgoing guy, and we uh, we got along really well. Um, I knew him a little bit from going to the road races and stuff like that, just, just seeing him at the track and rode with him a little bit here and there. And uh, he was a really good guy, and he he would actually help me a lot just being there at that last race, just being there with us. Just We were feedbacking each other back and forth and uh, just trying to put each other out to, towards the front and uh obviously jd's a really 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 good rider and uh he's got a lot more time than i do on a big bike so i see him doing a little bit better than i i i did for sure um and it just goes to show the bike the bike was good and jd made it work so uh I, there's no reason i why well, i can't make it work either i just gotta i just gotta get up there and get get some confidence built up and uh stuff like that I was just going to ask you how, how important is the mind game in our sport? I know it's important in everything and in life in general, but how important is it to have the confidence and, and, uh, to know that you can run with these guys? Do you, do you really have to try to focus on, on going fast or how do you get your mind right to go racing? Yeah, mainly just confidence and, uh, just trying to keep yourself relaxed and not, not stress out on some stuff. When you're at the racetrack, sometimes stuff gets a little stressful and, you get nervous going to the starting line and lining up with the best in the world again. It's uh it's kind of a head game, but, uh, I kind of, I, like I said, I've been doing this for 20, 26 years. I want to say, or something like that. I've been doing it professionally since 2005. Um, so I think I learned a lot over those years and trying to keep myself cool and calm when I go to the starting line and, uh, just tell myself it's just, like every other race, you know, just like any race back home or anything like that, just just ride around your motorcycle, you know, just have a good time. And I love riding my bike, that's for sure. I, I you know, you, I clear my mind when I'm on my bike and stuff like that. So it's kind of a big head game, I guess you can say. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Are you going to have a teammate in 2018 or is it just you? Uh, just me as of right now. Okay. So travel again with somebody out there like Kel Copeland, we travel with him or any, anybody else from California that you guys can hook up with. Yeah. Just mainly me and Kel Copeland. We get along really well. And, uh, uh Kel is one of my best friends and, um, we're going to travel again to Daytona together and do that deal again and, uh, keep him trying to keep him going. And, um, yeah, we're, hopefully we'll be traveling together all year, but, uh, as of right now, yeah, we're going to go to Daytona together and, um, do everything like that. And then, I got some good people behind me that, that stuck with me throughout the years. Uh, a big guy that I want to throw out there is Dave Cassio with uh, machete energy drink. He's, he's helped me out tremendously. If it wasn't for this guy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be racing at all. I mean, he, he's took time out of his own life and his own schedule and everything like that to put it into me, which I don't still don't get why he does it. I guess he enjoys doing it and guess he's in, he go, enjoys going to the races with us and stuff like that. And, if it wasn't for Dave, I, I wouldn't, I would, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. To be honest with you guys. Uh, it's really cool to have him around. I know he enjoys it and we have a good time together. We have a good relationship and, uh, just people like that. I like that. I like to get people involved that I really get along with for sure. Yeah, absolutely. How cool was it to see, uh, see flat track racing on NBCSN this year? Pretty dang awesome. Um, 
it's been a long time for me since we actually been on TV um, consistently like that. I mean, every now and then we they show the Daytona race on Speed Channel or stuff like that, but they've never never really showed us like almost weekly like that. And they're at almost every race. I mean, they are at every race, so it's pretty cool. And then the whole fans' choice thing is pretty dang cool too. That everyone at home gets to watch us live. That's awesome. My wife can't make it to the track every weekend, so she can watch us live. And now I got two girls at home, little girls, and they they get to watch me go around the track on the computer, and then get to watch me on TV. So I think it's pretty dang awesome for sure. Yeah, I think uh, the way we got that covered is is pretty cool. Like you said, your 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 family that can't make it to every race gets to see you live if they watch it on you know Fans Choice. So I think that's a, a pretty cool thing we got going right now. You've raced on a lot of racetracks, you know, whether it be you know motocross like you mentioned or flat track or whatever. Do you have a favorite racetrack? Um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a more uh, short track TT guy. I like doing all the TTs and short tracks and stuff like that. Um. I don't really have a favorite track. Like I said, as long as I'm on my bike race and stuff like that, I really enjoy it. So it doesn't really matter what the track's like. I, I prefer the more rougher tracks, the cushion tracks and stuff like that. I, I, I think that's more of a more of a track you have to go get it and get after it. So uh, right. I kind of enjoy those tracks that we get to go to. What uh, What's your goals for 2018? Um, just mainly get to the get to the dang all the dang races and. Uh, Make being every main event for sure, and uh, try to put my put myself in good position to run up front or close to the front. I wanna I wanna make it to every race, like I said, and uh, try to be in the inside the top ten in the points at the end of the year, if not better. But mainly just for me, just making it to the races and getting some race wins. Really trying to trying to get up there and get some race wins, get some national wins again. Um, just. It would be really awesome to get a couple wins a year or, or even a win a year. It's like I said, it's really hard to, but I'm not I'm not focused on winning a championship or anything like that. It's it's uh to compete with Jared Meese and those guys is gonna be pretty tough. But there's no reason why we shouldn't be getting some national wins or uh top threes, top fives or anything like that it would be awesome. It would be pretty cool to put a Yamaha on top of the box on a twin for sure. Um, it's been a long time since you won a grand national to, you know, 20, uh, was it 2013, I guess. And have you mm-hmm. been thinking about what it'd be like to win your uh, first twins main event? Have you thought about that? I mean, we got to see Briar do it at Lima and then we, uh, we saw Jeffrey Carver do it down there at Texas. So it can happen. We know that for sure. But, uh, what would it mean to you to win on a twin and, and do you have a victory celebration all planned out? Uh, not really a victory celebration planned out, but yeah, it would be huge for me to win on a twin because my whole career is everyone's targeting me as a 450 specialist, TT short track specialist. And, uh, people come up to me and say, yeah, we know you're not, you know, that comfortable in the twin. You're not, you're not a twins rider and stuff like that. So I think that puts a little bit of fire in me when people tell me I'm not a twins rider and stuff like that. So I kind of want to prove some people wrong and, and, uh, get up there and, and uh, win a twins race for sure, and that's what we got to ride now. And uh, I think, uh, like I said, I'm trying to get myself in better shape, and uh, which I'm think I'm going in the right direction, working out as much as I can. And uh, I'm a stay-at-home dad, so it, it gets hard at times to do the whole training thing every day. But I, I, I try to, if I have to get up late night or early, early in the morning before my wife goes to work, I, I try to do that and try to ride my road bicycle as much as I can. And uh, 
ride my motocross bike quite a bit just because that's really good getting good shape wise they, they use a lot of muscles for motocross and stuff like that so i just been trying to do all that and just trying to put it all together and have a good time doing it that's for sure so to get you fired up for Daytona, when I when I introduce the starting lineup, you want me to to you know give you a hard time, say this is the guy that can't ride a twin, Mikey Rush from Gilroy, <laughs> California, or you know, do I need to fire you up like that or what? Uh, if you want, man. I mean, sometimes <laughs> uh, people piss me off a little bit, and that puts some fire on me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm just giving you a hard time, man. I love talking to you. You're one of my favorite writers out there. And uh, I, I guess you can probably take your tuxedo off now. Our interview's pretty much over. So I appreciate you dressing up for the occasion and, and spending some yeah, time. Yeah, I'm a little bummed here, out. I wasn't a, wasn't a FaceTime, man. I, that's why I hey, got all dressed up and everything. I'm recording it for my own personal use, okay? All right. Well, then. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you look good in that tuxedo. Right on. That sounds good. Right. I, I did I it just rush. for you, Scotty. I know you did. Mikey Rush, I appreciate your time here coming on Off the Groove, and uh, best of luck in 2018. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing you guys at Daytona. Mikey Rush, number 54 on the G&G Racing Yamaha.